Uh, go ye kids. We were supposed to have a presentation tonight, but because of the weather and things, we're going to try to do that next week. And uh, they are learning about missionaries and uh, uh, different lands and all of those things. And so, take your Bibles, if you would, Psalm 100. Psalm 100, try to just... Go through this psalm tonight. Is everything okay out there? All right. Okay, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with thanksgiving, with singing. Sorry, know ye that the Lord He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Now, if you'll uh, look very carefully at this short little psalm here, uh, we uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, we, we sing parts of it. There's uh, verse 4 is into a song that sometimes we sing, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And, and then they add to that part of another psalm that says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And, uh, but right here we just see, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And then there's a, a little statement there, all ye lands. You know, there is no place on the face of this earth, that is excluded from the command to praise the Lord. We, we uh, you know, people talk about, well, there's no gospel here and there's no gospel here. And uh, I remember hearing someone say just a little while ago, there's no Bible-believing churches in Saudi Arabia. And I said, that's not true. Uh, there is an independent Baptist church in the oil fields in Saudi Arabia. It's run by a Filipino pastor, and it's for the oil workers that are there. I know because he stopped by through here one time on his way to the Philippines and heard about him. And, of course, they have to be very careful how they do what they do and where they do what they do. But I'll tell you what, the gospel's still there. And even behind the Iron Curtain... Uh, the gospel was there in the old days of the Soviet Union. Uh, the gospel is alive and well in the land of China. In fact, it is to a point where we're even able to support a missionary over there. Yes, he's run into some difficulties, but he's still over there, still serving the Lord, doing what God has called him to do. And it just simply says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Now, 
this may sound a little trite, but I like to title this, Life is Work. But let your life be God's work. If you're going to live, you're going to do things. You're going to work. You're going to have to put forth effort. And that effort ought to be put forth in service to the Lord. Amen? It ought to be done. And if we would just look at life a little differently, it would help us immensely put up with all the crazy people at work. You see, I don't go to work. Well, I do because I'm the pastor of the church. I go to work to serve the Lord. Uh, but, uh, and, and this is my life's calling, but many times when we have regular jobs, we go to, uh, we go to work. We have what is called a career. There are advancement possibilities. There are things, but the, the reason you go to work should not be just to get a paycheck, just to get the next position, to see how far you can move up the corporate ladder. To The reason I work is so I can have a good testimony and serve the Lord. And that's what this psalm is about. And it will change our, our attitude. It will change our heart toward these things. And it says... That we're to serve the Lord with gladness. Do you know that your psychotic boss is not a shock to the Lord God of heaven? Uh, that, that the problems that you have, uh, they, they're not a surprise to the Lord. Now, what we have to understand is that I am to serve Him with gladness. And part of that service is... The kind of work that he has given me. Now, if you're a bartender, uh, you need to understand God didn't give you that job. Uh, nor does he want you to keep working at that kind of job. Amen? Uh, but if God gave you a job, if you're working there, if you have gainful employment, that doesn't mean that, that you just have to uh, stay in that position, but serve the Lord. I remember the story of a man... Uh, used to drive past the, the factory there on I-75 between Toledo and Detroit, Toledo, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan. And uh, they told the story of the man. He, he started out and he said, uh, I want my factory to serve the Lord. I'm going to give 10% of all of our profits to God's work. Well, you know what? God blessed him. And the factory got bigger and it kept going. And finally, it got to a point to where he said, I don't need 90%. He said, I'll give the 90% away and live off the 10%. And he was actually doing far better on the 10% than he was on the 90% when he started uh, because God had blessed his business. God is looking for excuses to prove himself and to give us opportunities to serve him. Now, we're not asking for millionaires in our church, uh, but let me tell you something. If we'll serve the Lord with gladness, you'll find work is a lot easier. If you'll put up with what you have to put up with so that you can serve the Lord, that will put you in a position where God will often make work better than it is. Because he wants you 
to have that gladness in your service, in your daily living. You know, we have, sometimes we get this idea that God just wants us to suffer. He has promised us that you're going to enter the kingdom of God with tribulation. It's, it's going to be there. If nothing is going wrong, just wait. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, James chapter 1, my brethren, count it all, what's that word? Joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. We're supposed to let patience have its perfect work, that we may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If we are serving the Lord the right way, we will do it with gladness, even if things aren't going the way we would like them to go. God wants our life to be full of joy. And you know why we don't have it? Well, sometimes we allow sin into our life. We're not going to have joy when we do that. Sometimes we get looking at ourselves and how miserable we are and how how much we think we deserve and, and how better a place. And there's no way we're going to have that joy. But if we'll just simply serve the Lord with gladness. And this next phrase is one of the things that will help you with this gladness problem. It says, come before His presence was singing. Have you ever thought about this? And and this is going to go through this short little psalm here. You can't impress God with anything you have. You know what? God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need your fill-in-the-blank. He doesn't need your talent. He doesn't need you. God doesn't need anything. We need God. But one of the things that He wants us to do, an offering that He will always accept, something that pleases God, right here, serving with gladness. It says, this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments, what? Are not grievous. That's First John. You see, there's a connection there. And if we have that gladness, what are we going to do? When you're happy, what do you do? How many of you have ever caught yourself just singing some cute little song? I just feel good. Uh, And don't sing some worldly song. Sing a godly song. Amen? Count your many blessings. Uh, God is so good. Just a little thing. Let's talk about Jesus. I mean, that's one of those tunes that ought to bounce into your head from time to time. Uh, And and, uh, it says, come into his presence with singing. Now, aren't you glad it doesn't say, come into his presence with singing in perfect pitch and harmony. You know what? A lot of us would be in trouble there. Um, God doesn't say that. You know, He looks at things a lot differently than we do. When we get to heaven, let me tell you something, every one of us will have a proper and beautiful voice. 
I believe that because it talks about singing praises and shouting praises to God. But if you will just come into his presence with singing, God will accept that. He'll translate it and make it beautiful. And so don't be ashamed now. Don't sing out loud and obnoxiously and disturb all the neighbors and things like that. You know, one of the great times to really sing when you want to just belt it out is if you have a car and you're driving all by yourself, just roll the windows up, turn the AC on high in the summertime or the heater on high in the winter, and nobody's going to hear you except the Lord. Come into His presence with singing. And it says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Now, if you could get a hold of one phrase that would change your whole life, you say, but I know God is God. But what, what is that talking about? Well, when is the last time that you just sat down between you and the Lord and contemplated and thought about His greatness, His goodness, His godliness? You know, there are no other, I hate to say this over and over again, but there are no other religions that come close to the Bible. And I'm talking about the ones that call themselves Christian. If you really just listen to what they say and how they say it, you, you need to know something. You need to know that the Lord, He is God. There are none like Him. Uh, the imitations of God that are offered by men... I get so frustrated when, well, we all serve the same God. No, we do not. He is not the same. My God is not the same as your God. My God is the God of this book called the Bible. And He loves me. He doesn't need somebody to help Him love me. He does that because of who He is. He is good. He has saved my soul. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Even when the IRS calls up and says, may we help you. Uh, that's just not a phone call that you want to get. You don't want that kind of help. But the truth of the matter is, God is still God. God is God when all these horrible things go on in our Earth and it just seems like the the wrong side is winning and 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 they're calling good evil and evil good, but you need to know something. God is still God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. God made us. We are created in His image. There is no good thing that you have ever accomplished that you didn't accomplish because God gave you the ability to do it. And I think of all the surgeons who have done these incredible operations and brought people back from the brink of death and have saved in, uh, people from all this suffering and things. And You know, many of them they don't care a lick about God. But where would they be 
if God hadn't created them with the ability to do those wonderful things, the minds to figure out. Uh, if you ever want an interesting story, you ought to read the story of uh, Dr. Ben Carson, who is a, a Christian. And he talks about some of the surgeries that he did, which were just unparalleled in history at that time, trying to figure out how to save lives. You know, he gives God the credit for that. And, but we are his people in the sheep of his pasture. Now, where does that take you back to? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And we could go through that 23rd Psalm. But the neat thing, about being a sheep is you belong to the shepherd. He has obligations to take care of his sheep. When you've got problems, guess what? Stop trying to figure it out on your own. Remember, hey, the Lord, he is God. It's he that hath made us. We didn't make ourselves. If I got into this mess serving him, he's going to get me out. He is the good shepherd. Therefore, my life's energy, verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You know, when we do the discipleship and go through there, uh, one of the lessons is on the will of God. And one of the ways that you can know you're in the will of God is be ye thankful, and everything gives thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How could you get more definite than that? So you find yourself in a situation where you are unthankful. You can know one thing immediately. Not in the will of God. Something's got to change. Something's got to get fixed right away because I have stepped out of that path I am not where God wants me to be. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now, the gates that are, are, are spoken of here, if we understand correctly, are the gates of, what, of Solomon's temple. It's the gates of Mount Zion, as it's referred to so many times. The courts are definitely the courts of the temple. In this, again, is Hebrew poetry. He's saying the same thing, just different ways. Uh, it's hard to separate thanksgiving and praise. But the, the, the hairline difference is praise is giving glory to God for who he is. Thanksgiving is giving glory to God for what he's done. Uh, you shouldn't have one without the other. That's one of the reasons we reject this modern praise and worship stuff that goes on, because it's neither. Uh, just standing there and saying God is good 50 times to a nice little ticky beat is not what God considers worship. Where is that thanksgiving and that praise supposed to come from? If I'm to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, how am I supposed to do that? That comes from the inside. You see, if I'm serving the Lord with gladness, 
If I'm understanding who he is and what he has done and what he has promised to do, how can I be anything but thankful to God for his goodness? How can I do anything but praise him? This is talking about true biblical worship. Now, we've been through this many times, and I don't want to spend a lot of time tonight on it, but worship, the word worship comes from means to bow down. It is to fall on your face. Many times you'll see that in the Bible about he, he fell on his face and worshipped, or, or, and sometimes... The, the word worship is simply used in place of bowing down. Now here's, why would I bow down? If you begin to grapple everything that you ought to be thankful to God for, wouldn't it overwhelm you? Wouldn't that be just a little bit more than you could hold on to? If you were trying to praise God for who He is, is there anybody here that really understands everything we need to know or can know about God? You see, worship, as I grab a hold of the goodness and greatness of God, just like if you've ever tried to pick up something that is really heavy, what happens? It presses you down. Worship is lifting God up. But there is so much to lift up. It's going to press me down. Well, what's the good of that? It gets me out of the way and God in the way. Come into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. And I love this last phrase, and I'll tell you what, it is one that I want to work on personally. Bless His name. We sing the song, Blessed be the name of the Lord. It tells us here that we're to be thankful unto Him, and we are to bless His name. Now, I want you to turn with me just for a second. I want to make a connection here in the Scriptures. Revelation chapter 3. And this is the verse where we get the name of our church from. Verse 8 says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Would someone think better of the name of Jesus because they met you? That's what blessing His name is about. It's something we're supposed to do. And I'll tell you what, our feeble and frail and failure-bound efforts 
God wants us to bless His name. Why? The last verse. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. Hebrews 11.6 For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We, we know the Lord is good. We know that. But do you feel the Lord is good when the pressures of this life start pressing upon you? When the burdens seem to be heavy to bear, I, I want to challenge you, the Lord is good. When we fail... The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. I don't know why the Lord puts up with us. I don't know why He puts up with me. But I do know this. His mercy is greater than my failure. It is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations There has not been a generation in the history of mankind. uh, Well, I can't say this 100% for sure, but none that I know of that has not thought they were the most important generation in the history of mankind. Uh, It's just a natural tendency in human hearts to think that what is going on right now, what we are involved with is the most important thing that has ever happened. I mean, just listen to the news reports. And uh, I remember listening to one commentator. He was saying, you know, in this generation that we live in now, he says, we face so little compared to some of the things past generations have had to uh, uh, deal with. If, if you think of the end of World War II, our country had a population uh of about 150 million people, somewhere 175, somewhere in that neighborhood, we had 11 million people enlisted in the armed services. Stop and think about that. Almost 10% of the nation's population was enlisted. To turn back the tide of fascism and Nazism. To give, unfortunately we didn't turn back the tide of communism. But you think about that. And and he, the point he was trying to make was that we have so little to face compared to what some past generations have faced that we make new things. For us to face, to feel like we have uh, uh, trials and, and, and things as bad as other people. That's why we have all of these uh, phobias and emotional disorders. And that's why uh, the psychiatrists are so busy. is because we have to invent things that are problems so that we can have something to feel good about. I want you to understand what the psalmist is saying here. You see, His truth endureth to all generations. It isn't about what we are doing right now. 
It's about who God is. The same God that said, let there be light, is the same God that's in force today. It's the God we serve. And we need to serve Him with gladness. Even in these last days, we need to serve Him. We need to come before His presence with singing. Don't lose your singing. It's part of the joy. It's part of that thing that God has given us. And if if you do not feel that you sing well, sing unto the Lord. Sing by yourself somewhere. Uh, Sing in your heart. Because the Lord is good. You know what? He is God. It is He that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are His people. If you're here tonight and you're saved, you belong to Him. He has put His mark upon you. You are One of the sheep of his pasture. There are obligations that God has extended from himself to you. Have you ever tried to get somebody help? Brother Franz was telling me the story about the super in his apartment building. I said the first thing you have to study if you're a super is the phrase, not my job. Uh, I mean, and not every super is like that, but the one that we had when we rented an apartment, that was his name. All the people in the apartment complex called him not my job. Uh, because it didn't matter what you said to him, where you said it, he, uh, that's not my job. Get the other guy to do it. And uh, it was hilarious. It was just, uh, I just could not comprehend it. But God says, that is my job. You ever had anybody tell you, yeah, we'll fix this? And they fixed it all right. They made such a mess that not even a professional could straighten it out. You know what? You never have either one of those problems with God. When he says he'll fix something, he gets it done. But he doesn't always fix it the way you want him to. He does it the way he wants to. And the beneficiary is... Me, you. And how can we not be thankful? How can we not praise Him? How can we not understand the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations? You know, I imagine we're going to pray in just a few minutes. But I would imagine if we would pray and ask God, will you allow me to bless your name this week? Do you think God would answer that prayer? I I believe that he would. I believe that he wants us to bless his name. And that's why these psalms or songs are in here. Now, the uh, hymnody or the melody has been lost. Anybody who says they know what uh, the hymn or, or the sound of the psalms were are being a little less than honest. It, it's gone. And I believe one of the reasons that is is because God doesn't want you just singing a song. 
He wants you living the words. That's the kind of singing that he wants. And let's ask God to apply this psalm, this song, that we could sing it not only with our lips by repeating the words to him, that we could sing it with our heart by living for him, by bringing a blessing to his name, by getting a little better understanding that he is God, that he made us, that we're the his people, we're the sheep of his pasture. It's bigger than we are. You know what? Jesus could come back tonight. Wouldn't that be a blessing? Wouldn't have to shovel the snow. Wouldn't have to melt the ice. Leave that for the Antichrist and his crew. Amen? But he might not come back for a hundred years. And that would just about take care of everybody in this auditorium, I would think. That we would not be here on this earth. His truth will still be there. And all God's people said, Dear Heavenly Father, we